This is a WKYT podcast. Andrea, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Convincing. <laughs> we're, we're both just in the middle of a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, today is uh, the day after my birthday. So oh. I had a, had a good night yesterday. Some family came over. And, and, and you're not 40, by the way, which correct. Robert was spreading that rumor. Yeah, he's, he's a big liar. <laughs> uh, I'm technically still in my 30s. We'll just keep it at that. Enough um, said. Yeah. How, how deep into my 30s? That doesn't really matter. Yeah. Although there was a, a We're essentially mo- the same age. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever I came in yesterday, there was a moment where, yeah, everybody's like, okay, it's his birthday. Now, how old is he? And, and there was some confusion. And I'm like, well, all right, I'll take that. You have You seem young. Well, I, yeah, I think I seem immature. Maybe that. Seems, uh, no, comes off I did as not young. say that. <laughs> you have um, a, a youthful exuberance. Exactly. That's that's basically what I was looking for. A <laughs> vibrance about you. All right, Andrew. Let's get into today's podcast. Uh, uh, we had a rare occasion when Brian Milam was here early, mm-hmm. and I was not. You, you were busy. You 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 had got you were out doing stuff. Um, such as the nature of the business. But I thought, you know what, Brian's here. We've wanted to get him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. This is a chance to get him in and talk to him. And you you did your homework. You've listened to this interview. I did. You you found me in an edit bay listening. Yeah, I was very proud of you. And shopping at the same time. I was looking, scrolling through some, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I always do other stuff on listening exactly. to podcasts. So I, I couldn't fault you for that. Uh, so, yeah, we got to talk to Brian and uh, uh, sports fixture here at WKYT now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's the director. Um, yeah. He's the Head man in charge. The and new Rob Bromley, but at this point, he's, he's the new Brian Milam. There I mean, you he's, go. He's, he's, and so. by the way, I'll explain why I wasn't here, because it's going to be my favorite thing this week. Okay. Yeah, so a little teaser for you. Stick right. around for that. So yeah, stick around for that. And uh, yeah, here's our, here's our conversation with Brian Milam of WKYT Sports. So I'm here today with Brian Milam. Andrea is out on assignment, so she's missing this um, exciting conversation that will probably just break down into 80s wrestling at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, thanks for joining us today. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you. Excited. Uh, yeah, I could tell you earlier. You're like, yeah, I happen to be here. I'm already in early enough. That's something that doesn't happen that often. And then Victor bothers me to come down. Exactly. And uh, talk about my life. This is your life. There we go. This this is your life with Brian. I think you might be our, our first real sports Hey, guest. not to be f- confused with the fake sports guest. Exactly. Uh, well, I mean, we've had uh, Lee K has been mentioned a few times when Kristen's been on, but that's been about it. Yeah, that's about when you're a husband, you, you only get mentioned. <laughs> you just get, it's like the kids. And then, and See, then I'm you, not married, so I get on the air. It's great. There you go. You don't have to worry about that. All right. Um, so I guess we normally kind of get into how people got into the business. Is, is this something you knew that you always wanted to do? No. Okay. It's not, actually. Where did um, you go to high school? Went to Butler in Louisville. Well, I went to Doss half of my freshman year, and then my dad was named baseball coach at Butler in Louisville, so I transferred to go play for him. I was going to say, you've always been involved in athletics, played baseball. Yeah. yeah, I was a baseball junkie from, gosh, coming out of the out of the cradle, basically, and uh, played high school football uh, as a punter, played a little bit of basketball in, in uh, you know, like Metro Parks, Little League stuff, uh, but I was was always a baseball guy and uh when my dad took the baseball job at butler i transferred played for him and uh had a good career went on to play at moorhead state and when i was at moorhead you know it's moorhead's known for its teaching uh degrees and whatnot and i thought i wanted to be a teacher and i didn't apply myself early on as a to be in teaching so i thought well what else can i do you know start looking around at different things yeah. yeah i was like i know sports i speak okay 
Uh, my dad's an English journalism teacher, so I have a writing background, whether I wanted one or not. And uh, so I said, well, let's just try broadcasting. And we had a uh, News Center 12, News Center 12 <laughs> on Morehead State's <laughs> campus. And uh, dabble with that, Chris Bailey and I were co-anchors sometimes. He did news, I did sports, he did weather, sometimes I did news. And and so it just started from there. A little bit of everything. That's I, I've, we've, A few people we've talked to have kind of been like that. Like I, <coughs> I went in as English teaching and then at some point started writing for the paper at, at EKU. And then it's like, oh, I like this journalism thing. And yeah. then, you know, a lot of people just... We've talked to a few people who've always known that that's what they want to do, but for a lot of us, it seems like we kind of just fall into it. Yeah, I, I I fell into it a little bit, but I've always, being a baseball person, I listened to a lot of games on the mm-hmm. radio, and so there was a part of me that always wanted to do play-by-play. And I did play-by-play uh, for television, a little bit of radio, and I got my first radio job at WMOR in Moorhead. Jim Forrest hired me as um, the sideline guy for Rowan County football uh, for Moorhead. This while you were in college? This is while I was in college. So I was doing Moorhead State football uh, my latter part of college uh, as the sideline reporter for two years, did Rowan County football on Friday night. So I was I, I got into it slowly but surely. And as I have heard myself 23 years earlier, <laughs> let's just say my voice was way up here. <laughs> I did not have a delivery, had no timing, thought I knew everything when I really knew nothing. So It's, it's always interesting when you go back and listen oh, it's sad. to your earliest it's stuff. Sad. Oh, man, it's, yeah. Yeah. Bad and sad. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, how did you – well, it, uh, I guess I'll, I'll go back a little bit. It's always interesting to me because you think about growing up, if you said, oh, I want to be on TV, I want to be on the radio, it almost seems unrealistic. You know, because yeah. it's like, well, that's that's something for other people. That's not something you really just, you know, figure out how to do. Yeah. So I, I was doing TV at Moorhead, and how oh. I got into the business was – I mean, you talk about hitting the lottery. If you, if there is such a thing in television lottery, I hit it, and I didn't even know it. I am sitting uh, working on a sports clip, and a young lady named Beth Goins, who is one of my favorite human beings of all time, sprints up the stairs, out of breath. You got to put a resume in. WYMT and Hazard has an opening. You got to go right now. They, I said, okay, Beth, slow down, slow. What do I? What are you talking about? She said, WYMT and Hazard has an opening, and they need a uh, reporter, an anchor. I think you'd be great. Well, I was not great. I wasn't good. I stunk. But you were a body. But I was a body, and I was. I had and a you moment. knew sports. Yeah, I knew something. And so I said, okay. So I put in a, a, a resume. Uh, re- my only resume reel I have ever done. Really? Yeah. And it was college. Yeah. So it was not good. But YMT back then, it was still, and, and it still is to a degree, a starter station for yeah. a lot of people where the, the TV audience has matured. Mm-hmm. And so back then you could still make some mistakes. Now you really can't make as many mistakes. But I, uh, and here's how I hit the lottery though. I put in my tape, Tony Turner, the late great news director at WYMT, who was without question one of the greatest human beings I've ever been around. He said, all right, buddy, I'm looking for a reporter and an anchor. Unbeknownst to me, he needed a male reporter and a male anchor, obviously. 14 people applied. This was before the internet exploded. 14 people applied. 13 women, one man. (laughs) So I got the job literally by default. 
because he had several female reporters and didn't need any more women, so he needed a guy to kind of help balance it out. I won by default. You were literally I the only stunk. man. <laughs> yeah, I was probably 14 out of 14 in terms of talent. But hey, I'm here, you know. So it was a it was literally hitting the TV lottery because when I was in college, all I ever heard was, you have to get your foot in the mm-hmm. door. Just get in that there. That is the hard part, getting, getting and, them to and, know you. Yeah, and, and I and I hear it from people today that said, it says I need two years' experience. Well, how do I get experience if no one will hire me? I know. That's the way it is with anything. Mm-hmm. But I just happened to luck out and rolled the hot dice, and hey, there you go. So, so how long were you uh, in Hazard? Because we've, we've talked to a few different people on here who, you know, um, they were there for a little while, and then they kind of move on. But you, you had a pretty good stint. I'm the longest tenured person ever at WYMT who left. Wow. Twelve and a half years. I was there from January 2nd, 1998, to May 28th, 2010. I have worked at two television stations, YMT and KYT. <laughs> did you ever think you were a lifer at YMT, or did you just well, like the people? Well, there was a part of me. Mean, there was the... a part of me that thought. I mean, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some people that you and I know, and we and they have to have a social life, mm-hmm. a social butterfly. I got to be out. That's not me. If I go out, great. If I don't, great. I'm, I'm pretty much happy with whatever I'm doing. Um, but in the late 90s, Hazard and Eastern Kentucky, had a, it was a lot busier than it is now. The coal industry certainly has taken away a lot yeah. of jobs and people. So um, things have deteriorated in some social aspects, if you will. But there was a lot of things to do back then. And for a lot of that area, high school sports oh, is where it's I mean, that's that right. is High school sports is the lifeblood of Eastern Kentucky uh, entertainment in mm-hmm. many ways, yeah. and especially basketball, football. Um, but I started out in news. And a lot of people don't know this. I started out in news as a male reporter, male anchor. I was the co-anchor for the 11 o'clock news with Susanna Sizemore. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I did not know the difference between Pikeville and Pineville, Knott County, Knox County. I didn't know a lot of stuff. Because you were from Louisville. You've yeah. gone to Moorhead and pretty much those two areas. And I had dated knew. a girl from Knott County, so I was familiar with the area. But being familiar is I know where Perry County mm-hmm. is, Floyd County, Knott County, and that's about <laughs> it. get from one to the other. Yeah. But, um, but I was in news for 18 months. And the first day I got out of news, let me just say, news, <laughs> Steve Hensley became, he took my spot. So news yeah. drastically got better, <laughs> drastically. And I think sports got better also because I replaced a guy who had left. And, and I think I was a lot more energetic and ready to go. And, um, and that was the world you knew. Uh, that was everything that I knew. I, I knew uh, so much about sports. Uh, especially the high school angle, and I learned a lot while I was there. And uh, but yeah, it, it, YMT got a lot better when Steve Hensley <laughs> took over for me, and then I went to sports. I promise you that. Well, I think there's just something nice about covering a, a world that you know. Yeah, you know that sure. you spent so much time in. Uh, so, okay, so you were there, and so then when did you, when did you start thinking about making that transition? I guess that was about the. Did, did you come? You came a few years before Rob left. Yeah. And so yeah. you kind of settled into the role of, of you know, someday he's going to sure. walk on into yeah, the sunset. Yeah, and, and I thought, you know, hey, it's 2010. My head has hit this glass ceiling here. It's time to go. Um, um, I'd gone through a divorce, so it was time to go and just, you know, branch out. Yeah. And, and Rob had been here since 1977, I believe. And I thought, well, you know, eventually. I did Sports Spectrum for KYT in yeah. 2002, 3, and 4. 
Um, so I knew KYT. I had been here several times, had worked with Dick Gabriel and Rob and Steve Moss and, and people over the years intermittently. But uh, when I got here, um, you know, I, I wasn't ready for the job mentally because I was going through a lot of personal stuff and leaving a place I'd been at for 12 years. Yeah, and that's a big change. You know, yeah, comfort level out the window. And, and Hazard to Lexington is quite the Yeah, it is. It's only two hours, but, man, it's a drastic change. And but I guess it helped that you grew up in Louisville, so you were used to city life. Yeah, I, I, I am so adaptable. I grew up in Louisville, played ball at Moorhead, went to southeast Kentucky, um, lived here in Lexington. I, I am comfortable literally anywhere. There are people that are surprised whenever um, I, because, you know, I'll have people talk to me about other people in the station and be like, oh, where are they from? Where are they from? Whenever, whenever I tell people, oh, yeah, Brian's from Louisville. They're like, what? I thought he was from the mountains. Exactly. I was there so long, people <laughs> thought I was from there. And Tony Turner, to tell a quick story, um, you know, he said, look, you're coming to a place where people are very particular about the people they deal with. Mm -hmm. He said, where are you from? I said, Louisville. He goes, that's right. He said, so where are you living? I said, I'm living in Knott County with my girlfriend and her family. They put me up in the downstairs bedroom. Everything's great. And I'm staying with them so I can accumulate some money, get my own mm -hmm. place. He goes, good. You're from Knott County. I'm billing you from <laughs> Knott County. So everybody <laughs> thought I was from Knott County because I stayed there my first three or four, three months or so. And and uh, so when people said, where are you from? I was like, Knott County. Knott County. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of fibbed a little bit. So, so then you come here to Lexington. What was that? What was that change? And, and did you, growing up, were you a Louisville fan? Were you, yeah. So, so, I mean, growing up in Louisville, that makes yeah, sense. Well, you know, but there's a lot of U.K. fans. There are. A lot there more are. than people, you know, when people say you're from Louisville, a lot of people automatically think you're from downtown Louisville. And, that, and that's what I was wondering, because, yeah, there are in Louisville, there are Louisville fans or U.K. fans. You find sure. a, a mix. Yeah, you, you find a huge mix. But I did grow up a UofL fan. And I could tell you everything about UofL basketball from 1980 to 97. I mean, I could you, you give me a number, I'll give you a name. I'll give you a score. I'll give you this. But then when I started to cover U.K., um, this was funny. When I was in eastern Kentucky, and a lot of people, my, my girlfriend at the time and her family knew I was a huge UofL fan. So when Tim Couch scorches UofL 68-34 <laughs> in the first game at then Papa John's Cardinal yeah. Stadium, they were like, hey, we're going to watch KYT on the replay. You want to watch it with us? And I said, oh, yeah. But my allegiance certainly changed once you start covering a it's team. It's easy and to get caught up in it, man. It, I mean, it, it really is. It's a, it's a... You know, and I don't root for UK or UofL. I want UK to win, certainly, mm -hmm. for their sake, because it's good for business. It's good for them. Um, it keeps us fun busy. to cover. Yeah, it is. But I don't get when UK and U of L play. I just want to see a great game. Yeah. Like this past year goes to overtime. Oh, that's awesome. That's all I want to see. And uh, but yeah, my allegiance has changed over the years. Uh, but uh, when uh, when U of L used to beat UK in the late eighties, I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> but then when UK would smoke Louisville, which they have done most of the time. Um, I had to eat crow a long time ago, but now I don't eat any more crow. I'm always on the good side. That so it's great. Yeah. That does help. Yeah, it does. I, I think um, for people who are in uh, sports, is is covering a team like UK is that kind of the pinnacle? I mean, this is when you talk about college athletics. UK is yeah the top. When you talk about basketball, certainly it's easy to yeah. the pinnacle is Kentucky. I mean, they may not have an, uh, the national championships that UCLA does. But UCLA's heyday was in a decade, 15-year run. Kentucky's had a 100-year run. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, every, this every is, year it's like, okay, well, yeah. we're not in the you know, Final Four. People are disappointed. Exactly. And uh, But it is great covering Kentucky basketball because it has taken me places that, um, you know, if you're covering a mid-major or a team that's a 
let's just, I'm not going to pick on Cincinnati, but just say Cincinnati. Cincinnati hadn't been to the Final Four since like 1992. Um, A team like, team like, oh, I don't know, Tennessee, for instance, has never been to a Final Four. You know, what's that like? I don't know. But football, now granted, Tennessee football has been great uh, for the better part of 60 years. They've won SEC titles, two national championships, whatever. But, um, But covering UK basketball has been a joy because while it's different every day, it's still the same. And so you there is a comfort level where you can yeah, every year the players are different, but Calipari kind of gives you the same message and you get to see these kids grow a little bit. The one thing that I do miss about UK basketball is seeing players that's why I love Nick Richards. He's been here three years mm-hmm. now. That's almost unheard of today. <laughs> Recently, yeah. But that's great because you get to watch these guys mature. I think when UK players go to the NBA, I think some UK fans, oh, okay, well, who's the next crop? Who am I mm-hmm. going to root for now? Because if you talk to a lot of older UK fans, they'll say, oh, Kenny Walker, one of my favorites. He was here four I was years. Say, people who were here four years, so four you, you watch years. them grow up. Sam Bowie, Melvin Turpin, Dirk Minifield, those guys of the early to mid-80s, they were here for four years. For Sam's case, five years because of the broken leg. And you got to know those guys intimately in some ways. You know, you got to root for them, see them all the time. And now with UK, with this carousel every year, I think it's hard for some UK fans to to get emotionally attached to a certain player for a long period of time. It's been a, an adjustment kind of just sure. learning to love the program as opposed yeah. to individual. Yeah, I was like that. Eric Daniels was a player that, that yeah. I loved. Like that was you tough know, player, tough yeah. guy. And so, and that, yeah, those are the kind of players that people would get attached to because they're here for a long time sure. and then you watch them. Yeah. All right. And then it's also been interesting, especially within the past few years, watching the football team. Oh man, turn turn the corner into yeah. becoming. You know, when when it, it's it's people always complain. I mean, about everything, and right. it's just people this year. You know, when when a down season is is beating a good team in a bowl game, like that's it's, it's like <laughs> well, you know how you you know how excited some UK like football fans would have been to hear that that's gonna where the program's gonna be that you know a down season is is going to a bowl game and beating somebody. I said a long time ago. I said Kentucky. This was probably a decade ago. I said Kentucky football fans are happy with a seven win season. Hey, we're going to a bowl game. That's great. We go to the Music City. Okay, great. We go to Liberty. Great. But now. UK fans, hey, seven wins isn't enough. We want eight. Which is we good. Want you want nine. to get to that point sure. where you always there's an want to expect more. And is Kentucky football ever going to be at the par consistently of Alabama football? It's a it's a long way coming. Uh, because Alabama is what UK is to basketball. basketball. Yeah, you know they have so many national titles, SEC championships, but it is great to see Kentucky football on the climb. And when Mark Stoops took over, UK football was at one of its lowest spots ever. And he inherited almost zero major Division I talent um, and has done what he's done so quickly. I think it will go down in history, in college football history, as one of the greatest turnaround jobs ever, especially if he can keep this thing going to another 9, 10, 11 win season. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's going to be exciting to watch, and I'm sure, as somebody covering that, I'm sure that's a. I love football and yeah. baseball. I like being outside. Yeah. I, I really like basketball, but I love being outside, and and seeing a metamorphosis. UK basketball, it's easy to get. Okay, yeah, yawn. Thirty win seasons. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's get in this book. Yeah, twenty eight win season for football. You wake up, go. Is it going to be six, seven, eight, nine, ten? What are we going to get? You know that there's an excitement level because of the unexpected with football.
Awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Andrea's going to be sad that she missed this. Uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you online, they want to connect, what's the best way to do that? Call you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll direct um, them your way. <laughs> but I'm at Twitter, uh, at Brian, B-R-I-A-N-W-K-Y-T. You can give me an email anytime you like. You can get me up on Facebook, whatever. I'm around. And and if you see me at a ball game, just say, hey, heard you on with BVP. That's Big Vic Puente <laughs> for those of you scoring at home. <laughs> I can't wait to start going with that. All right, so I, I'm surprised. We did not get into this too much, but you and I, both wrestling fans, but you're yeah. you are a, I would say a lapsed fan as far as your time was the eighties was your your heyday. You know when I got out of college in ninety seven, that's when I kind of started uh, started to backtrack a little bit. I was there with the you know Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. No, all I mean, those that was guys when it exploded. But that's when. For me, it started to die down. When the Monday Night Wars were over, yeah. that's when I said, okay, it's kind of time to get on with real life. But I grew up going to the Louisville Gardens about once every six weeks as a kid on Tuesday night at the Gardens. And Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee and the fabulous ones. And, uh, man, that was a good time. Well, it's good always, time. And working here, it's always exciting because you hear, um, you know, Buzz will tell stories about. Um, oh, yeah. Randy Savage. About Randy Savage, yeah. Yeah. Randy Savage used to edit the wrestling shows across the street and would come over here and do some stuff. And I mean, could you imagine walking down the hallway <laughs> so and seeing Randy Savage? Hey, good to see you, brother. Yeah. I got some tapes here. You know what I'm, well, saying? I'm, just, you know. I'm picturing Randy Savage, yeah, editing video. Ooh, I got to get my end point. There we go. Yeah, got a out point. Got to backtrack that. Go with the volume's a little loud yeah you know and so you just but he was my favorite guy and i asked jerry lawler once i said best athlete you were ever in the ring he was all savage easy Mm -hmm. i mean he could do things minor league baseball you seen the like i was gonna say he he played baseball and then like video the wwe athletes going out and and playing uh, the nwf yeah playing baseball for charity and stuff and just the stuff he would do yeah i mean he was uh doug flynn who played at uk and played for the reds and the mets he he and Keith Madison, also former UK baseball coach, that you know they got to play around with one another, got to see one another in the minor leagues, and they're like, "Hey, guy can play some ball." I mean, he was just a heck of an athlete, and then he turns into, you know, the <laughs> one of the greatest uh, sports entertainers of all time. And but he was my guy. I even dressed up as Halloween as the Macho Man once, and yeah, it was a good time. That's very exciting. All right, yeah. Brian, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Andrea. It was fun learning about all that stuff. Of course, it always is. I always find it fascinating, especially that Brian was an anchor, a news anchor. Yeah. How funny. I love it. Yeah, that cracked me up. And, it, and before he even got here, we all knew him because so much mm-hmm. of his stuff was, was already coming to WKYT, and um, he would come do stuff here. But, yeah, it, it also – I remember the first time I learned that he was from Louisville. I thought, what? I thought he was – I thought he was from the mountains. I swear I did. You know you've been in the mountains a long time. When people forget you're from Louisville. (laughs) Like, what? So that all makes sense. All right, Andrew, you were talking about your favorite thing this week. Well, hold on. One thing I will say, I think think we missed an opportunity with Mr. Uh, Brian. Yes, yes, you wanted more of this. Well, only that he is so good at impressions. Like, you didn't get a Rob Bromley impression, and he does a great one. We'll get him back in for that. And maybe that's why he was good for, you know, as a news anchor, because he could just kind of, like, impersonate. A news, anchor. news anchors, you know, mm. he's great at it. He, he does do good impressions of Rob, Bill. He oh, gosh. Everybody has a Bill impression. <laughs> Everyone does that. That should be the thing for now. And every time someone's on, they have to do their Bill, Bill oh, Bryan impression. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Or we do the entire episode of just Bill Bryan impressions. Maybe we'll That would do be that. funny. Yeah. Or we could do 
we could do it like ask one question to everyone and they have to answer it in a Bill Bryant voice and people have to guess which one was Bill. Which one was Bill? Yeah. I like the that. real Bill Bryant. All right, that's good. Well there we go. Uh, yeah, so say hi to Brian. Thank you for being on the show. Yes. And so you uh while I was interviewing him, you were out I was in Wilmore. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually grew up in the country. So, you know, when you think of Wilmore, you think of the little city, the little Mayberry. And that's not exactly where I was, but I did go to Wilmore Elementary. So I used to, um, you know, I shopped there. My parents shopped there. My family shopped there. My friends shopped there at the Fitch's IGA in Wilmore. So it's just one of the last fixtures of like small town America still one, left standing. Just, just the one guy running it, like that yes. kind of thing, and his yes. family. and. His name is Leonard Fitch, and he is maybe one of the nicest human beings on this planet. Just such a good, good man. And, you know, for years he's been struggling. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how bad it was. Um, you know, I'd seen on Facebook that there was like this push to kind of help him out. And, you know, I went and talked to him and did a story. And he said, you know, for the last six years, they haven't been turning a profit. He's taking money, his own money, and putting it into the store so they can keep running. And it's just heartbreaking. And, like, inside the store, there were, like, handmade signs on cardboard saying, like, I come in and I give him $5 when it's cold outside for utilities. Like, please, you know, help him. It's just so sad. And my mom, I remember she said, you know, you have to do this story. Mm-hmm. And I, I was anxious because I'm like, I have to do it really well. And I knew that. And I, it's like, I was a little bit overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't know if I can do him justice. You know, he's such a good person. But I remember, you know, if there was a family that didn't get paid till Friday, but they needed groceries on Tuesday, he'd give it to him. You know, he'd be like, pay me when you can pay me. And, you know, obviously, like I kind of even mentioned it to him. I'm like, you know, that's probably why you're, <laughs> you know, struggling financially. And and he does. I mean, he's not, you know, he knows exactly but what's that's happening. Kind of person but is he'd rather help somebody than. Exactly. And, you know, like I said, everybody calls Wilmore Mayberry. And he's like, that's what I want. I want this to be Mayberry. Like, I want people to care about each other. And I think that, like I said, it's just like this last thing left, you know, that is so pure and so like homey. And yeah, so basically we're just wanting people to shop there. So I know it can be out of the way. Maybe you don't live in Wilmore, but if you just want to help a good person, help a good man, just do like one trip a month to the Fitches in Wilmore, Fitches IGA. Like I don't even call it IGA. I just call it Fitches. That's what it is. You know, it's just like his store. So yeah, just go there. They got the cheapest ale eight. Nice. And the best meat department. Good prices. So. All right. Yeah. So next time I'm in Jessamine County, I'll, I'll it swing is a by. trip, like, to the past. Like inside, he has all these old decorations that are antiques now. You know, he has yeah. pictures, uh, like, on every aisle of like him and his dad who started it. So it's it's just so sweet. Oh, and my aunt um, crashed into it with her car. <laughs> His, his two so you have people a very have close connection. Yes, well, two people have crashed into the building. Um, oh man! John Michael Montgomery's dad was working in the meat department when someone crashed into it, and they said he jumped like a mile high and ended up on top of some machine somehow. And <laughs> you know, then my my I guess she's my great aunt, Baby Faye, my grandmother's sister. She crashed into the very front and broke all the glass in the front. And you know, he just <laughs> laughed. It's like who does that? Oh. But he was so forgiving and just he's such a good person. And like I say, there are all these stories built into those walls. Like, you can't let them go. So. That's sweet. Uh, it's no, so it's sweet. sweet. And it, I it know. just reminds me, like, I, my, uh, I did a story this week about 
We did a story last week about a um, homeless man who passed away mm. under I-75. He um, essentially froze to death, you know. Yeah. And so that, obviously, a sad story. But in the process of, of um, the coroner trying to reach out to his family, they put his name out. And a former classmate of his contacted us because she saw that and it kind of broke her heart that that's how he had passed Ended away. Up. Yeah. And so she wanted to raise money to for him to um, have a burial to be brought back to Morgan Aww. County. But then I got a hold of uh, one of his nieces, and she said that, that they had made contact with the coroner, and so he's going to be cremated and brought back. So now, um, instead, I think any um, excess money, they're going to essentially give it to um, um, either a homeless shelter or um, someone else like that to, to kind of help out with yeah. with those causes. But it just, um, you know, talking to her, she said that he, 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 he loved – his freedom, and he, and, he, and he essentially chose to live out on the streets. That's that's he was you know yeah. he had family who, who who loved him who who you know would try Offered to help to him. Help, they would yeah. check in, and he's like, no, this is this is what I want to do, and this is where I want to be. And so you know we just we do these stories sometimes, and it's kind of just nameless faces. And so just, to just do one where to get to kind of know this person, yeah. um, you know. And I mean, it's not probably most people's first choice, but the homeless community is still a community, like. It's a very close-knit group of people. They all know each other, and I think they do help each other. And yeah. I'm sure they feel like this kinship and this maybe even loyalty to each other. Here so I was, I was pulling it up. The um, the family basically sent me a note that they, they want the money to be given to the crematorium in Lexington to help other families of homeless people who pass but can't afford to lay them to rest. Oh, so my gosh. How sweet is that? Yeah, and, and so that... Um, you know, we do, we do sit some, these kind of stories sometimes and it was just, it was nice to see some, some closure there and everybody kind of working towards something yeah. and, and to be able to put his, his name out there and a picture of him smiling and laughing people to get to kind of see yeah. you know, the, who he was. So that was, wow. I was glad to get to do that. It was, it was kind of heavy, but it was one of those times that. It's I, so sad because it's like in life he, people didn't know. Yeah. It, you know, it took this for people well, to the, realize and, and how good he is, the, you know. The, his former classmates, she said that, you know, what she remembered was a smiling kid at, yeah. at, in high school. And, and so she, she was sad that he, um, you know, obviously died homeless in Lexington. But, you know, according to his family, that was he, By he, choice. he chose that life. Yeah. Like he, 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 he was, you wow. know, they, they said he was kind of a, an independent soul. There you go. And so, you know. Um, so yeah, everybody every now and then we get those good stories. And, yeah, you know, and, and that, that's the thing. It was it was a tough story, but whenever I hit send, you know, when you're done editing, I was proud of that one. I felt good about that. Yeah, and so yeah, so that 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 was uh, I, yeah. So that that's online. I may share it on my Facebook page at some point. Um, my favorite thing this week is uh, a show on Netflix mm-hmm. that I've started watching called Lock and Key. Okay, I've heard about this, and I don't know what it is. So, so it is based on a series of graphic novels which is one of my favorite series of books that I've ever read. Um, I, I read through them all. They're all available at the Lexington Public Library. So Attaboy. if you're listening to this and you want to, you know, go to your library, use your library. Library advocates oh, here. I love the library Me so much. Too. I've got a movie there i got to go pick up when I leave today, actually, <laughs> I remember, uh, because my wife was joking about watching Skyscraper starring The Rock. And I said, oh, we can go <gasps> watch that right now because it's available at the library. So I think that's what we're going to do this weekend uh, just because we like ridiculous movies. But so this show, Lock and Key, it's uh, – I would say it's been sanitized some because the comic book is very much a horror story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's terrifying, but I've read some interviews where the writers and the, the people who created the show or the book are heavily involved with the show, but they said that they wanted to do 
like three parts fantasy, one part horror. So there's still scary moments. There's still some freaky stuff. My wife, who's notoriously afraid of everything. Right. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo scares her. <laughs> this still freaked her out. She said she was having nightmares and we could only watch one episode Aww, a night. Even I love though I Mandy. wanted to burn through them all. But I think I think it could be on the CW. I think it's that kind of, they've toned it down that much. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of violence, but um, yeah. A palatable uh, so anyway, amount the, of violence. The, <laughs> the entire story is it's this family who the the father has died. And so the mother and her three kids move back to his family home in Massachusetts, which is this giant mansion called Key House. And you come to discover the name. The reason it's named that is because there are all these keys kind of hidden throughout the property that when used at doors do different things. Cool. Some of them don't even need doors. Some of them just do different things, you know, give powers on their own. But, yeah, it's all these kind of magical keys. And Interesting. The, and, and it turns out there is someone who wants those keys. Of course they do. Yeah. And in the process of this, they get kind of released. And that yeah, sounds and like something you would like. This is so up your alley. So it, it's really good. But, I, I, yeah, I enjoyed Lock and Key a lot. I think especially my thing is if you like Stranger Things, this is, you'll mm. love Lock and Key. I mean, it's, it's, it's very... Right if you like this, you may like there this. There you go. If this, <laughs> if this, then that. So there that's my go. suggestion I this like week. It. Lock and key. Uh, my other suggestion: if you enjoy this episode, tell somebody. Share yeah, it on that's a good some idea. social media, or just let us know. That's always nice too. Somebody tagged us the other day. Somebody asked for podcast recommendations, and they said the Victor and Andrea podcast. I was so why, happy. Why didn't you let me know? I had no idea that on happened. The Twitters. All right. Well, I'll check that out. Yeah, I've had people occasionally ask for podcast recommendations, and I never want to put us down because that seems kind of self serving I've never but. even, well, this is probably bad, but I've never even thought to say ours. <laughs> well, I, I thought about doing it as a joke and be like, why don't you listen well, to the I Victor? I have one. And then I'm like, oh, wait, actually, I probably should do that. The other thing I think, I think if you're like a journalism student, oh, I think yes. this is actually a good resource to go back. I and, do and too. Maybe not, <laughs> the, the, the holiday meal draft may not, episode may not help you, but listening to... It's a palate cleanser for like more. That's probably true too. But listen to our more, uh, our episodes with our coworkers, with, uh, you know, with some of the people that we've had on yeah. just about how they got into the business, the things they enjoy doing. I think that is um, an actual resource. And I think, um, you know... It'll be comforting because most of us ended up here like, look happenstance yeah. you know this wasn't our original plan yeah. you know it's not like everybody has a smooth easy path toward where they end up so i think that's always encouraging to know that you know even people who you look up to now like they mm -hmm. weren't always that person so that would be my suggestion if you know somebody who's interested in maybe getting in the news business or something like that let them know about it they can hear what it's really like working here there you go all right well, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, tell Brian hi. Reach out to us on social media. Um, I'm the Victor Puente because the guy who holds Victor uh, Puente still won't give it up. Twitter hasn't released it yet, even though he never question. tweets. Okay. You can reach out to Twitter mm. to let them know that this is an inactive account, and you might be able to get that name. All right. I'm going to give it I'm that. serious. I'm going to give it a shot. I heard it on a podcast, and I forgot to tell you, but they, they were doing it on Instagram, I but I think it letters. may be worth I think right. it may be worth it. Here's my question. At this point, if it's I, worth it. If I'm just Victor Puente, will people be confused? You're at the beginning of your career, son. That's true. I'd like to think that anyway. Own your name. <laughs> okay. Own Thanks, it. Andrea. Own if people it. want to reach out to you, just look up Andrea Walker. Yeah, at Andrea WKYT on Twitter, which I am not great with. So Facebook is more my jive. Mm -hmm. Andrea Walker WKYT. Yeah, you can find me. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.